Hey, ladies, welcome tonight. Oh, it is on. I'm Tracy Abel. I'm Pastor Greg's wife. Um, if you guys haven't seen me for a while, I've just been out there at the university trying to serve and trying to keep you guys safe because I'm with all those kids that have COVID. <laughs> they're all partying and having a good time and feeling pretty good, even though they're <laughs> considered sick. So um, I really, that first song really hit me because um, I think really thinking who we are, you know, it asks, you know, who am I? I think tonight, for those ladies who've never been here before, Christy's going to share, you know, who she is in God and being that person that will step out and go ahead and be who you really are. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and, you know, know that he's your be- you're his beloved. That's who you are. And, and he wants to be a part of everything that we do, not just in here and out there, but at home in our hearts and our deepest thoughts. If we'll take those to him first then we'll feel like we can step out. So we're going to go to him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord, that you brought each and every one of us for a purpose tonight, that we're here because you have a word to share with us. And I ask that you give Christy the Holy Spirit to speak um, from through her. Father God, that each one of us hear that and hear who it is um, that we're here for. Um, we're here to hear Christy, but... We know that um, you can speak through us. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you um, envelop us tonight, that we really start to become real and come out of those cages with each other, that we can share our hurts, we can share our victories, we can share everything that it is that you have out there and a purpose for us. As, As these times are changing, help us change with them so that we're there to serve you and um, can walk this out in what it is that you have for each one of us. Every one of us is going to have a different purpose and a plan um, to get out there and go go touch this world. So we just ask that you help us be real in that, that they see you in truth and in love, and we just praise you and thank you. And I'm going to turn this over to Christy Kaufman. Am I turned on? Oh, I am turned on. Great. Cool. Um, not normal worship, because I'm pretty much not normal. If you ever see me doing anything normal, you should probably phone somebody, because there's something seriously wrong. Um, the second song for me is is a little bit where we're going to land um, in the beginning. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my actual testimony um, and what that looks like. I want to start with two... You guys can sit down. <laughs> I'm going to pace, because that's what I do. I feel better if I pace a little bit, but... But I'm going to start with um, Candace and I kind of put together some words um, that we thought would kind of channel us through tonight. And they were raw, real, relational, and revival. wonder where we got that. But (laughs) Um, I'm going to start with two questions. And I'm going to ask for a raise of hands. And don't be shy. Some of you know me and some of you don't. But even if you don't know me, I'm pretty sure you can answer these. Um, How many of you thought I didn't like you when you first met me, when you first saw me, when you first walked past me? How many of you thought I didn't like you at all? Keep your hand up because we're going to get them all before this is over with. How many of you thought I was just really stuck up? You can put your hand up. It's okay. Like, I'm not judging you because I get where it comes from. And... 
The second, the third question, I guess, is how many of you walk past me and genuinely ask me how I was doing? And I put my head down and said, live in the dream and walked right on past you. Anybody witness that? Yeah, I thought that would write up a few hands. Um, I didn't do any of that because of you. Um, All of that was because of who I was. Um, It was a protection mechanism. It was a way to hide, I guess, to not really be seen. If I stopped and talked to you, then you might actually see me more than I actually wanted you to, which seeing me at all was more than I wanted you to most days. Um, I lived a lot of years in what I'm going to call a glass house. I think we all do it. I don't know that the glass house is actually the proper terminology, but it's where I lived. I lived in a glass house, polished it. I, uh, I did all the things I thought everybody expected of me. I took care of my kids. Um, I had triplets, so it was like being a drill sergeant all the time. Um, but I lived in this weird little place of I could polish the outside of my life and I could be super mom and I could be super wife and I could be the president of the PTO and I could teach Sunday school and I could do all those things well and I was great at it I was you know I was there with cookies I was there with brownies I was there with spaghetti what do you need I got you whatever it is I got you and I could I could do that well inside my outside my glass house inside my glass house was a little bit of a different story. I, uh, I was not the same on the inside, I don't think. I didn't do it intentionally. I didn't do it maliciously. I didn't do any of those things. But on the inside of my glass house, I was a bit of a disaster. Um, a 20-year marriage totally just fell apart. So then my glass house shattered, and I didn't really know what to do with that because it was very... Um, public, um, for starters, just because of who he was and who I was, and so you had to kind of walk through that, and even at church, you come to church, and you come to church with your kids, and you all sit in a neat little row, and then you come to church, and you sit at one end, and he sits at the other end, and the kids sit in the middle, because you don't want to let them go to the back, because Lord knows you need somebody to be a buffer in between the two of you, so you don't kill each other, um, and then, you know, he quits coming to church, so you're sitting by yourself. And, and nobody ever said anything to me that made me feel bad or anything like that. It was all my own shame and my own guilt and my own failure for not being able to keep everything together like I thought I should have. Um, turns out marriage not like a chicken casserole. <laughs> as much as you'd like to think it is. It's really not. You can't just put that together and serve it. Um... So my glass house shattered, and I was super broken, didn't really know what to do with myself, but I continued to polish the outside of the glass, pick up the little pieces and try to stick them back on, come to church, give you guys the living the dream as I walk on past. Um, I didn't really, I don't know if I didn't want to face my own reality, 
or I didn't want people to see it. I don't really have a good answer for that. Like, I know I did it. I know I did those things, and I know that's how I behaved looking back. I don't know why, even today, and I've spent a lot of time looking back at it, trying to figure out why I did that. I don't know. It just seemed easier, but at the end of the day, it was a lie. I think mostly I didn't like myself. I didn't like who I'd become. I didn't like being the woman that went out and and performed well and then went home and snapped at my kids or yelled at my kids or um, backhanded my kids. I've done that once or twice. Uh, I didn't frequent that maneuver, but I did it. I regret it. Um, wouldn't do it again, I hope. Um, I pushed people away. There's some of my good friends here tonight, and uh, even they they couldn't get close. They would call, they would try, but I gave them the same live in the dream that I gave everybody else. I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. Bacon cookies, chocolate chip, want me to drop some off? Don't come to my house, I'll bring them to your house, because inside my house is a disaster. Um, in that, I... Uh, I spent a lot of time in that in that place, and I don't know how long you're supposed to spend there. I don't know if it's supposed to go away quickly. I don't know if it's supposed to last forever. I hope not, because, Lord, that's terrible. Um, I would try to pick up all of my pieces, and I would try to put them back together. And it didn't really matter how hard I tried or what I did or anything, because I wasn't turning to Jesus, right? I was trying to fill my holes with chocolate chip cookies. I filled a lot of holes by chain smoking in the garage. That was a cool trick. Turns out I wouldn't even let anybody put the garage door up because I'm like, dude, I might as well bring it firsthand and secondhand because we might as well get this over with. I, unfortunately for the cat, the cat was in there. I killed the cat, gave it cancer. It died. I mean, that's just the real of it, right? I mean, it might have got cancer anyway, I don't know, but I'll take the full blame for that because I chain-smoked in the garage a lot with a cat locked in there. So I, I apologize for that. I repented for that, but it was my favorite cat, too. Anyway, whatever. But So all of this happened, and, and I think we all do it, right? Like, I'm not the only one. I, don't, I hope I'm not the only one. Maybe I am the only one that does it. Uh, but I think we all do it. I think we all do the, hey, how are you? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, good. How are you? Good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things I learned through that is that you don't have to go tell your story. Like, I don't have to stand up here and tell you my story, right? For you to understand that when I walk past you and I say, Bailey, how are you? I'm not looking for the good. I want to know how you are. Just like everybody wanted to know when they asked me. They actually cared. They wanted to know how I was. But I did this. I, I'm good. You stay over there. I'll stay over here. I'm not going to tell you about how I really am. And I think that's something we do as women that is problematic because I don't need to know, I'm gonna pick on Bailey apparently because she's right here. <laughs> um, I don't need to know Bailey's story to walk beside her. I don't need to know Bailey's story to pray for her. All I would have had to do 
was stop and say, you know, I'm not real good. Could you pray for me? You know, I'm not real good. Maybe we could have coffee. Um, you know, when Kelly called, I could have actually answered the phone. That would be cool. She probably would have appreciated that. <laughs> but I didn't. And that's where I lived. And I lived there for far too long, right? Which I think we all do. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to call Bailey out. Bailey, I'm not calling you out. It just, I think we all do it. I think we all live there. And I think it's a terrible place to live. It's sad. It's lonely. It's depressing. It's uh, guilt and shame just will bury you. Failure will bury you. Jesus doesn't see you as a failure. Where in the Bible does it say Jesus sees you as a failure? Nowhere. He says you're enough. You're beloved. You're blessed. You're all the things. You're beautiful. You're, the list is never ending of what Jesus says you are. And sometimes we just need whoever's walking past saying, are you good? To be able to say, I see you're not good, but you're beautiful. I see you're not good, but you're blessed. I see you're not good, but you're loved. But if we don't give them the chance, they can't do that. And then you end up killing the cat. kind of sad about the cat, not going to lie, it made me cry. Uh, right. So two things happened to me while I was living in that kind of crazy little world. Uh, Arise was starting, and I can't remember if it was the first Arise or the second Arise, it's been a long journey, but um, I was in front of you ladies being touted as the brainchild of Arise. It was my idea. It was this. It was that. It was the other. And uh, it was super hard for me because I was home killing the cat. And uh, I went to Lynette and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I can't do this. It's too much. I can't stand in front of these women and just why would you have somebody like me this broken, can't keep her life together, why would somebody like me even be able to fold a paper for Tracy for the flowers? You know, that's how I felt about it. And, uh, of course, they didn't let me quit. I think they just wanted to use me as slave labor, but they didn't let me quit. (laughs) I think the team was just so small at that point that they needed somebody to carry the boxes. But that's not true. But they wouldn't let me quit because they knew what Jesus said about me. They knew, they knew what Jesus said. And they knew me well enough to know that the only way I was going to heal, and I think it's different for everybody, but the only way I was going to heal was to serve. And I served endlessly. I poured out and poured out and poured out. Because when you're broken, you can't really keep anything in because you're just pouring out. And I don't recommend that. I always think you should fill your cup. But for me at that particular time, it worked out greatly. And I owe them a huge thank you for forcing me to go ahead and do that. But really, in that process is when I got a true relationship with Jesus. And I got a true relationship um, with, well, I guess with myself, honestly. I finally let him define who I was and him define what I was going to be 
maybe, I don't know, I still don't know what I'm going to be, but, um, and another thing happened to me, and some of you might have been here that night too, uh, Steve Sampson, Steve Sampson, is that his name, was here speaking, and uh, he was pretty much done speaking for the evening, and he, I was sitting back there, and he called me out, you know, girl in the red sweater, and I was like, dude, I don't think stripping in church is a good plan, but I was fixing on getting rid of that red sweater. (laughs) That red sweater was about to go. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, he's going to pray for me or whatever. That's cool. Great. Get it over with. No, no. Comes back and gets me, drags me out of the row and brings me right up here. Even better. Even better. Uh, But what he told me that night is that um, God saw my struggles. And he saw that I was trying to be strong and that he was refining me into gold. And it says that in Job. I looked it up. Um, I I finally found the verse in Job. And it says, he told me it was in Job. That's how I knew to go there. I'm not that smart. Uh, It says, But he knows where I'm going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't even like gold. I'm a silver girl, but okay, we'll take it. We'll run with it. So I had those two things that really spoke God to me, right? Somebody calling you out and dragging you to the front. That's pretty prophetic. Not going to lie. Terrifying, but prophetic. And... uh, I thought, Jesus does see me. Like, I'm not really hiding. I could hide from you guys, and I could strong arm you, and I could keep you away, but I wasn't really hiding from Jesus, right? And uh, I thought, well, okay. So I worked on myself a little bit more and did some things and, you know, read my Bible and went to conferences and did Bible studies that people recommended and those kind of things. And... But I went for a bike ride with a friend one day. And apparently, I'm still a little obstinate. Um, I've only known Angela for a couple years. And we were on, let's just call it the bike ride from hell. <laughs> because we're not mountain bikers. We bought mountain bikes. <laughs> and we were on a bike ride. And... Uh, we were going from Devil's Back. Where were we going from Devil's Backbone to Coyote Ridge? It was our like third third ride on our bikes. We yeah, don't laugh. That's not funny. That's not funny at all. It was a ten point two mile ride, which we tapped out of and called an Uber to get us home because we were going to die. But it was a it was a it was like a ten point two mile ride. And Angela wears a Fitbit. It's just extra weight for me. I can't have it. But uh, Angela wears a Fitbit, and her Fitbit only registers when we're walking. Of that 10.2 miles, we pushed or carried our bikes five and a half miles that day. (laughs) Yeah, we're great mountain bikers. You want to go with us? We're good at it. But turns out I have a daughter that'll come pick you up in a truck at the end. So that works out. But she... In the middle of that, asked me, turned around, looked at me. I was behind her. I'm typically always behind her. 
that's a story for another day. But she turned around and looked at me, and she said, how you doing? And I said, living the dream. She literally got off her bike and marched her happy, ba- happy butt back to my bike. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do this here. <laughs> this is not a good day. I am out of water. I haven't had food in like three hours. But okay, yeah, we'll do this here. Seems like a great place. Can we sit? No, we didn't get to sit. Just so you know. And she looked me square in the face and she said, you know what it says to me when you say live in the dream? I said, that I'm happy to be here? She said, no. She said, to me it says, screw you. I don't want you in my life. Yeah, she's a great friend. Um, There's nothing to say to that. What do you say to that? Because that's not my intention. It wasn't my intention when I did it to you. It wasn't my intention when I did it to you guys. It wasn't my intention when I did it to Kelly or Debbie. It wasn't my intention when I did it to Tracy or Pastor Lynette when I tried to quit Arise. It wasn't my intention when I did it to Amy Fleeney every time she stinking called me. And she called me a lot. <laughs> Sometimes nicely. Um, that makes you step back and think, wow, I don't really want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that my good friends think, I don't want them in my life. So I did some more soul searching. I started taking some classes with Global Awakening and uh, Randy Clark and... uh, Something told me before I went into the classes, it's called a healing certificate. It's inner healing, physical healing, and deliverance. That's scary. You people are my heroes. Mm -mm. Yeah, I don't need... mm, That's... mm. Something talks to me, I'm out. Just so you know, don't count on me to have your back. Uh, Anyway, I started taking these classes, and uh, lo and behold, the first uh, right out of the chute all three classes, forgiveness. Nice. So then you have to work through forgiveness, right? And uh, and it, I'm going to back up a little bit before I get to the forgiveness. When I was talking about Angela seeing me, who I really was, and calling me out on the bike path, and, and uh, not wanting to be seen, Um, Jesus sees people, right, in the Bible. There's people Jesus sees. He saw the woman with the blood disease. She touched his hem, and he, he stopped. Everybody was trying to run her off, and he stopped, and he saw her. He stopped to focus on her. He saw her. He, she was healed already. He didn't have to turn around and look at her. She was already healed. He knew that. And the woman at the well... The woman at the well is a big one for me because he really saw her. Um, because she was going to run. The way I read it, she was going to run a little bit. She's like, mm, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You don't even have a bucket. I'm out. Deuces. You know, like, I'm not hanging around for this. And he called out. He called her out. He called out her sin. He said, you've had five husbands. Go get your husband. 
And she's like, well, I don't have one. And she told the truth, and he called her out, and he named her sin and her shame. But he didn't condemn her for it. He just saw her. He just saw her in it. He didn't condemn it. Actually, he justified, and he changed her guilt and shame for justification and righteousness, right? Right there on the spot because of how that all played out. Because he saw her. You think he saw her and he doesn't see you? Doesn't see me? Doesn't see you? He sees us. He created us. He knows. Right? And there's, you can, I mean, there's a lot of places in the Bible where he sees people. Anyway, I just wanted to point those out because I think he saw the Jesus, he saw the lady at the well really well. So you move through the, back to the forgiveness part. You get into the forgiveness and the first question they asked me was, well, who do you need to forgive? Um, there's probably some people I need to forgive. And uh, the biggest one that came up was me. I needed to forgive me. And I needed to forgive me so that I could stop being mean to you. And until... I faced that head on. I needed to forgive God. Not that God actually did anything wrong, but I blamed him. I'm like, I was serving. I was doing this. I was whatever. Why is my life falling apart? So I needed to forgive God. And you have to forgive others. And the things I learned about forgiving others is you also have to clear their debt, right? And I didn't realize that was such a big deal. I mean, I'd always read it. But... You have to clear their debt, too. Once you forgive them, they can't ever owe you anything. But that goes true with yourself. Once you forgive yourself, you don't owe yourself anything. You don't have to be better. You can try harder, but you don't have to always succeed. Because sometimes I don't succeed. I don't have a cat anymore, so I can't kill another cat. But, uh, but you have to forgive yourself, and you have to clear your own debt which is super difficult. Um, I was reading uh, on forgiveness, and forgiveness is about a million places in the Bible, and I can read them to you. You know, it says that uh, we all know the God throws our sins as far as the east is from the west, Right? And all those things. And, and the one that I like best is the one that we are forgiven to the measure that we forgive. So I can pray all day long for God to forgive me. But if I don't forgive myself, is he really forgiven me? Because I'm not forgiven myself. So that's a very little measure. But I want God to forgive me a lot. Right? So you have to forgive yourself a lot and for me that's daily hourly minutely depends on the day but it's a lot and uh, it it's hard it's brutal I had to walk through forgiveness with a lot of people I've apologized to my kids I've apologized to the ex-husband I've apologized to a lot of people right some people take it well some people don't but that's not on that's not on you that's on them. As long as you're being obedient in what God tells you to do, 
If God tells you to forgive somebody, forgive them. If God tells you to apologize to somebody, apologize to them. I have sought out so much forgiveness from so many people. I call people out of the blue. I'm like, hey, I owe you an apology. They're like, who are you? I'm like, never mind. I owe you an apology anyway. So um, one of my favorite, I think it's right here, in Luke, uh, well, I can't see out of these. Maybe I'm, I'm not better off. I just can't see. It says, and this is something I did to myself. It says, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. I judge myself. Um, and then you will not be criticized and judged in return. Do not look at others. Pronounce them guilty. I pronounced myself guilty continuously. And you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down and make room for more. I mean, in its time, I mean, it says it in Matthew. It says it. forgiveness is huge. So I think one of the things that we're going to do is... I didn't wear the fear fighting fighting flannel, but I gave you some. I gave you a card. It's as close as I could get to flannel. So now I want you guys to take some time and write down, and maybe you do need to forgive others. Maybe you're not as hard as yourself as on yourself as I was, but I was pretty hard on myself. Um, write down things you don't want anybody to see the things that, the reasons that you're keeping people out here. Write down things maybe you need to forgive yourself for or forgive others for or um, write down your shame or your guilt. I don't know what you carry. I just know what I would have put on there. We'll give you a song to do that.
It, uh, am I back on? It looks like everybody's about done with that. We're going to give you, um, just hold on to those. We're going to do something with them in a little bit. Um, on the flip side of what I did, um, on, on the flip side of what I did, um, there's the other people. There's the people you're pushing away. And uh, I've known Candace since she was 14 years old. Um, I'd say we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Candace is, we're going to talk about the flip side of that for a little bit. Um, what you actually do to the other people and how it makes them feel and how we can grow as sisters and learn how to uh, learn how to do better and be better. Um, so I have given Candace a no, no holds barred. She can ask me anything she wants to ask me, and I will answer it um, because she kind of walked through this journey with me. But I have one question really for Candace first in the fact that Candace called me a lot, and Candace would ask, how are you? Good, good. And uh, I'm just going to be honest, and I'm just going to be honest because there's the only way for me to answer things. I thought, what does a 25-year-old woman married to the world champion bull rider with two beautiful kids going to do for me while I am broken? My marriage is falling apart. And... Uh, I'm just pretty much a mess, a walking disaster every day. So every time she would call, I would give her the blanket, I'm good, and push her away. Live in the dream. <laughs> yeah. I would give her the live in the dream. And uh, come to find out, uh, that causes problems on the other side, too. Yeah. Well, and... Just to preface that, too, I think a lot of times friends want to know how you're doing because it's it's basically like I just want to know, like, how can I help you? How can I how can I pray for you or can I make you dinner or can I do something? It's not so much of like you need to share everything with me because I need to know I need to know what's going on. Right. It's more of like, how can I help? carry the burden, lighten the load, or anything like that. Well, the, the mm -hmm. Bible actually guards us against that, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He tells us not to complain and, mm -hmm. and not to speak poorly of others and, and stuff like that. So I think we have to be super careful when we reach out to people. But I wasn't even willing to let you in mm -hmm. that far. What did that look like on your end? Um, well, this is probably something that maybe God's going to, he is dealing with me on it, but I would look at it and be like, man, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I care so much? Like I always care so much and I just like, it bothers me that she's not sharing with me or that maybe she doesn't ever call me. Like I call her all the time and she doesn't ever call me. <laughs> so that was, yeah, no, that was like a big one for me that I felt like, I'm just like, gosh, darn it. Like I always care so much. I'm always the one that's like reaching out and like, Hey, did I do something wrong? Like, is it okay? Like, I don't know about 
has any, anybody else been there? Like, what did I do wrong? And that was something that God came to me and he was like, Hey, like she's dealing with stuff on her end. And sometimes you got to make sure you're not trying to get fulfillment from your friends, like that you're going to find in me. Like I fulfill that part of your need instead of always having to find it from a friend. Um, but me telling Christy that was probably, I mean, it let you know, like, oh, crap, I didn't know. I didn't know you would deal with that when I stonewalled you. I had no idea. Didn't even think about it. Honestly, I was so um, drowning in my own pity or whatever it is you want to call it that that I didn't even see that I hurt you or Angela or Kelly or Amy or Lynette or Tracy or my kids. You know what I mean? I didn't even see, um, I didn't see it. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know that, like. <laughs> I get it. I get it. We're good. <laughs> um, I wrote, I just wrote a couple things. And, of course, like I said, all those things, like, is there something wrong with me? Why do, why do I care so much? And God God is really good. When you do bring it to him, before you call that friend or before you complain to somebody or anything like that, taking it to him is by far the number one thing that I learned out of this whole situation and out of a lot of situations. Because so many times we get the answer from him that we're not going to get from a friend, even if it's the wisest person in the world. Like... We're not going to get the answer that we really need. We, it may be the answer we want to hear, but it's not going to be the answer we need when we don't take it to God first. And a lot of times we can save ourselves a lot of heartbreak, <laughs> a lot of feelings of rejection or loneliness or depression or anything like that when we learn to take that to God before we take it to you know, anybody else. And I think you learned that as well, like through this whole situation as well. Sure, you can't, you can't, there was no way for me to fill the hole I was trying to fill with anything but God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's part of the, part of the walk of any time, like you talked about, he was refining you into gold, mm-hmm. is that refining process really shows us how much we need Jesus and how much we can re- learn to rely on him. And not that the process is going to be easy because being refined by gold, like as far as I've learned about it, is not a fun process. Like it's hot and like the stuff gets scraped off the top and like tossed aside and all that stuff. Like, and what you're left with is the really good stuff. But the process is not a fun process. <laughs> not pleasant, no. <laughs> and I don't know if it ever ends. I mean, like I would like to be able to tell you that you know, hey, I'm shiny, but yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Probably still going to tell you I'm living the dream <laughs> at some point. <laughs> like I try real hard, but, you know, sometimes yeah. my try hard gives out. Mm-hmm. And so through that whole process of like, hey, how you doing? Living the dream. Not going to let you know what actually is happening at home. Not going to share anything with you. Don't know if I can trust you with it or is it more of like, I don't want to bother you with my baggage. I don't want to... Like, what was your kind of heart on that? Like, because I've asked you, is it more of, like, ego 
that was like in the way like I want you to believe still the the girl the person that you met when you were 14 that like always had the you know the, the hostess with the mostest parties and <laughs> yeah those <laughs> uh, like now she comes over and I say the cups are in the cabinet <laughs> um, I don't I don't really think it was about ego or trust mm-hmm. um it might have been about trusting myself. I don't know that I could have, uh, or I felt like, because I hadn't let Jesus totally in, right? So I wasn't in the forgiveness process. I wasn't in the healing process. I wasn't there. And I don't know that I could have opened my mouth and just not word vomited, you know? Um, I think I probably didn't trust myself in it more than I didn't trust you, Um and I don't know that it was about ego. I guess maybe it was a little bit about ego, but I didn't. I honestly didn't really think about it at the time. I mean, it wasn't like I was consciously thinking, I don't want you to see me, I don't want you to see me. But I think I did know that I was kind of living in these two different worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this this polished world, and then I had this hot mess world. <laughs> It wasn't even hot. It was just a mess. But I think I think it was just shame. I don't think it was trust or ego. I think it was shame of failure mm-hmm. that kept me there. Yeah. And what was something like that shame? It doesn't. It doesn't want to like be revealed, right? So right. shame likes to be hidden away blocked off, walled off. Like it reminds me of mold, like mold grows in like dark, wet places. (laughs) And like shame can grow in those areas that are not, that you don't let the light in. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And with that, did, was there any time where, um, were you afraid of if you did share that I would hurt you or that one of us would hurt you more and you just couldn't handle that. Was that ever like across your mind? I I know for me, that's always like a big one where like, I don't know if I can handle rejection from you. Like, I think there was a fair amount of rejection and there was a fair amount of, um, gossip, right? When you go through things like that, uh, or anything that you go through. And I think, you know, when we are sharing with our sisters, I'm just going to say this. If somebody's sharing with you, don't go blab it. Don't. Because if they're sharing with you and they're hurting, don't do not do that. Sorry, that's my soapbox on that. But um, it just so much of what was out there wasn't really true. Or maybe some of it was true and I wasn't accepting it. I don't know. But I think... Um, I think I felt like if I kept it in this neat little box, it might go away or something. Like, I thought I could get through it without dealing with it, without... um, I didn't want to be needy, and I didn't want to be... I learned the difference between tough and strong during that time, right? I was being tough, I guess, and strong strength in God would have been to say, hey, you know what? I could use a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Tough 
is entirely different. And Tuff says, I don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I don't think it was that, I think it, I think I worried about trusting myself more than I did anybody else, but I was mm-hmm. fearful of the gossip for sure. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think of the woman at the well, like when you said that exactly, because she was probably like on the outside, she looked like a tough woman. Like she carried those buckets of water by herself and she came during the heat of the day because she was afraid of probably the gossip at the cool of the mornings or the evenings when most of the women went out to get water. And then she meets this man that's dressed like a rabbi that's obviously Jewish, that's a man, first off, that wants to talk to her. And she's a, a woman. She is a Samaritan woman, which was like a big no-no. And then he tells her that, yeah, like, I know you're, I read your mail. Like, I know your, I know your past. I know your present. Um, but he also knew her future, too. And the cool part of what you were just saying there is, like, you said that Jesus saw you. Like, and a lot of times, us as women, I think especially us as women, like to put on like, I've got it handled. I can do 10 million things all at the same time and have the chocolate chip cookies when you come over and (laughs) take care of all of that. And sometimes like when we look at our sisters and be like, I could use some help. (laughs) Could you take my kids or could you just pray for me? Um, I heard this analogy the other day and if uh, me and Christy and just take Haley, because I see Haley right now. I'm not going to pick on you, Bailey, but I'll pick on Haley now. She's right in my line of sight. But like, and Haley, me and Haley have done this before. So we've climbed mountains before. And say we each of us have a backpack, and we all, and it's full of the same amount of rocks. They're like very custom, the same amount of rocks, same weight in that backpack. And all three of us are climbing this big mountain. And the mission is, I mean, the goal is we got to get to the top of the mountain, but not just two of us, all three of us got to get up there. And if I can look back into Haley and if Haley is like lagging behind or Christy's lagging behind, if I can just be like, Hey, let me carry your pack for a little bit, or let me take some of the rocks out of your pack. So many times that is what sisterhood is about. Like it's about saying, Hey, like, can I carry can I carry a little bit of what you got? You don't, and we talked about this the other day. Do you want to say what you said? You don't even, the thing I like about that is, the thing I love, actually love about that analogy is, I can take your backpack and I can carry your backpack, but I don't really have to know what's in it to be there for you. Yeah, exactly. Right? And Mm -hmm. and that's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, hey, you need to spill all right now as I'm not helping you kind of thing. And hmm. I asked Christy once when um, when she was walking this out, and I call it stonewalling. I know you call it glass house, but you can see into glass houses. I know, I get it. I, <laughs> I know, it but I was just thinking about it. I was like, stonewall, like that's really what it's about. But anyways, I told her, I was like, well, what if I just showed up at your house and I was like, sit down, you tell me all, stop giving me the finger when I ask you how you're doing and tell me what's going on. I was like, what would you have done? Would you have shared with me? And she's like, no, I would have throat punched you. I'm like, okay, so that wouldn't have worked out so well. <laughs> 
You know, I don't. I, I I've thought about that a lot since you asked me that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I know. take kickboxing now, so <laughs> right. not gotten it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I I don't know. I don't know if that would have been a big help to me for you to come say, look. I'm just going to carry your backpack. Yeah. You know, um, I think there were probably people that did that, and I still pushed them away. Um, did you ever make any lies up in your mind about, like, man, I probably made them mad. That's why they're not calling me anymore. Or I probably made them mad. Or No, I was glad when you quit calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hallelujah! Because I'll that make girl. up, I'll make up lies in my head. I'm like, like it's probably my just my insecurity that God's dealing with me on. But I'm like, what did I say something in our last conversation? Did, what did I do that probably she's mad at me for? Like, I'm sure she's mad at me. You know, I guess I did do that. Uh, now that you say it like that, I probably did do that, but I did it in a little bit different degree. Um, I was more concerned, I think, with if you'd found me out. You know what I mean? Like, what did she hear how I really am? Mm-hmm. You know, did um, did she drive past us screaming at the kids? Did, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I think I was probably more concerned with um, something I had done that was offensive that way. Yeah. Well, something when we talk about that, I, uh, I wrote a few things down. And forgive me. If you've read this somewhere, because I wrote it down in my phone, like, I don't know how months and months ago. So it may have been plagiarized from a book, but I don't know who did it. But my pastor says that if you've got eyes, you can plagiarize. And so you can't attribute this one exactly to me, but I thought it was really good. (laughs) So it says, sisters don't always get along, but they've always got each other's back. Learn to see each other as you would see yourself. Give each other grace and offer an encouraging word. Be the person you need to be to her. Um, And so with that, like what I look at it as is when we can lay our pride down, when we can take maybe our insecurities to God and be like, God, maybe she is mad at me, but you know what? I'm going to take this to you and I'm going to say, God, like I'm going to give this to you. Like I'm going to find my fulfillment in you because we're all imperfect people oh, for sure. and we expect perfection out of other people sometimes though. Like when we are dealing with something or we tell them something and they don't respond the way that we think they should respond or the things that they should be doing it perfectly. We're, we're really trusting them to be perfect people when they're imperfect people and why not take it to a perfect savior that will give you the perfect response. Again, it might not be the response that you want to hear, but it's a perfect response. It's, it's perfectly what we need to hear. Um, and another thing, I do know who wrote this. This was Lisa Bavier. Um, But it says, truth without love is harsh, and love without truth is weak. And so many times, this was a question that I had for Christy, too, is that a lot of times when we're going through something, we tend to surround ourselves or lean into the people that agree with us or they agree with our complaining or they agree with what we want to hear. I'm not saying that you did that, but were there people around you that were like, yeah, like he's a whatever, or he's, or you're, you know, this is, this is not your fault. This is so-and-so's fault. Cast blame, 
kind of thing. You know, thankfully, I have a great, a great group of friends, and they tend, all of them actually tend to hold my feet to the fire, um, which I truly appreciate. Um, there was some of that, for sure, um, but not as much as, not really, uh, the group, when I would let them talk to me or, uh, you know, when I'd answer my phone or, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times they knocked on the door and I was in the garage and I just didn't go answer the door. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> They'll go away. Cat, not, the cat's like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm down. laughs> no, it quacked like a duck at that point, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I know that's a thing though. I know that's a thing for people, um, where they get the, the, the it wasn't you, it, you you didn't do anything wrong, and I think that's super hard to overcome. I think as sisters, we need to hold. I think we need to hold our mm-hmm. I, each other's feet to the fire. I think that's super important. Now, I don't think you get to be a jerk no. and do it. You know what well, I mean? Well, and that's why I say the truth with love. Like yeah. truth without love is harsh. Right. But right. love without truth is weak. Right. I think I think that's what we need to do as we link arms with each other. I mean, it says. In Proverbs, it says, spend, times with the, spend time with the wise and you'll be wise, or however it phrases that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we need to do, I, because, you know, truth is wisdom, and wisdom is truth, and that's what we're trying to gain. So I think that's super important. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that um, through, through all of those, through the struggles, through life struggles, and that's the thing, too, is, we always view our own struggle as completely unique that nobody else has ever dealt with what we dealt with. It's very, and I mean, somebody might not go exactly through what you've gone through. I don't think everybody killed their cat. No. (laughs) I Um, think I got that one. But there's people that have gone through different struggles throughout life that can still speak into your life or they can at least just pray for you. Even if it's like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to share with the 25 year old or whatever. But like, here's the thing is like, man, I actually had a brother that went through some really hard times and man, like stood with him and looked at hell and came back from it and stuff. And I, I would have been like, you know what? I actually know how to pray for this really, really well. And I will pray you out of hell. Come on now. Right. So, and I get that. And, and that that's, you know, part of the thing I apologize to you for. I didn't even give you that opportunity. And I think that was probably hurtful to you on your side. And, but knowing now what I know now, you know, um, that's, that's what I needed. Yeah. I mean, I needed, yeah. I, I needed somebody just to pray for me. I needed, mm-hmm. I needed that. And just because you hadn't went through it or you actually had with your brother, but, um, you know, just because you haven't went through something that somebody has went through doesn't mean you can't walk beside them. Exactly. Yeah. And that was something that I just wanted to say is like, if you walk away from anything tonight, if you're that friend, that's like, man, like, she just won't let me in. She won't talk to me. Like, what did I do wrong or anything like that? Just keep bugging her and keep bringing it to God and dig that deep, that, that well deeper with God. Bug her as far as it allows your boundaries to go, though. Like, don't let it cross over your boundaries. She's treating you like crap. Like, right. let her know she's treating you like crap and say, hey, you know what? I'll be over here and you can call me when you stop being a that. And, uh,. <laughs> Sorry. But I think we can always, you know what I mean? You, you promised not to curse. <laughs> I didn't I make that promise. Pastor Darren made me promise. <laughs> you think he knows me? Anyway, uh, 
He was like, hey, would you try? I'm like, is that like an order? <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think it's super important, like you said, to to stay in the fight with them because sometimes I think they don't know that I didn't know I didn't know that I needed you to pray for me. I didn't know um, I didn't know I needed that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I did know I needed that, but there's so many things we can do um, for people, even when they're not letting you in. I mean, you can pray for them and you can, you know, intercede for them and you can all those things. And, you know, you can you can take it to Jesus for them until they're able to do it themselves. And, and I think that's. I think yeah. that's what we need to do as sisters. I mean, that's part of linking arms, right? That's part of walking together. That's part of that's part of healing. That's part of forgiveness and healing. And and yeah, I, I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred thousand times. Forgiveness breeds healing, and healing builds freedom. Mm-hmm. All of that within Jesus and Jesus's love, of course. But but. It it's simply true, and sometimes we just need somebody at the fence with us to help us do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote something down too that just says sisterhood uh, means no one is left behind. Like, and I truly believe that, regardless of how bad they hurt you or how much of the that person is being a that kind of person to you, like, no matter what, like. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep like reaching out to you as far as, and I say that with the utmost respect, because I know that there's like, I think people need to learn healthy boundaries too. Like sure (laughs) for your own mental health too. But, um, that's just something that I, I think as, as women know how to fight. Like, and I think we all have that deep inside of us that we fight for the other person. Like God put that inside of us to be that mama bear or did anybody see the mountain lines thing? Okay. So uh, if you didn't see it, maybe I'll post it in in three C women. Did you see the mountain lion thing? So this was a mama mountain lion and she was mad. She wasn't stalking this guy to eat him. She was like back off of my babies and oh my gosh, like it was like inspiring to me. So anyways, like I just see that as like back off my friend, Satan, get back. And she like twisted her body and like hissed at him. And then she run at him. Like it was amazing. So, (laughs) but anyways, I just see that as like, we can, we can do that for our sisters because yeah, the enemy sees women coming together and strengthening each other and lifting each other up and wiping. Maybe, you know, you see your sister in a heap of poo and you pull her out of it and she's out of it, but she's still got some on her face. Well, a good friend is going to say, honey, you got some stuff on your face and you need to wipe that off. And that may look like, hey, you need to stop chain smoking in the garage with your cat because it's not healthy for you or your cat and you need to get with Jesus. Come to women's group with me. So, right. That's what a friend does. That friend is the one that goes back and grabs you by the bike and says, all right, listen here, sister. Yeah. So throw down, throw down the bikes. And like, Let's carry all. I thought we were fixing on throw down right there on the, on the hillside. If I hadn't carried my bike five miles, I might've been a little more energetic. But with all that, I want to also go forward because the, the four points that we were talking about tonight was we were talking about raw, mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. Relational, mm-hmm. 
and revival. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we've gone through struggles or we feel like, man, our life, my life has been maybe, I want to use the word, I keep thinking the word tarnished, but I don't like that word because like Jesus you says, tarnished. yeah, you may feel it, but Jesus says like, You're I not. wiped it clean. Mm-hmm. But, um, you feel like there's just certain parts of your life that don't allow you to go forward to minister to other people. And I know you've been told to your face, like you have no business I have been ministering to women. Like you have no business. So like you're a hypocrite, you're two faced, you're all of these things, but so much healing and deliverance and ministry comes out of brokenness. Like, has anybody like, has this spoke to anybody tonight? Like hearing Christy's story? Like, I mean, can you relate to that? So that's, that's ministry. Like that's Jesus working through a mess. That's Jesus working the, the testimony through, you know, brokenness mm-hmm. and I for any woman that's ever like felt like I have no business I don't even want to serve on hospitality I don't want to welcome people at the door I don't want to serve back in kids church because I've got this in my past or I'm dealing with this right now and there is absolutely no way that I could speak to anybody like that has anybody felt like that I know I've been there too like totally I don't think there's anybody I don't uh, I don't think there's anybody that can't be about the father's business in one way or another. And if that's walking beside a woman, then walk beside a woman. If that's sharing your story, then sharing your story. I, when, I, when I was chatting with Pastor Darren, uh, he asked me what I was going to talk about. And I said, really, just my testimony. And he asked me if I knew the Hebrew meaning of testimony. And I was like, I guess not. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was super powerful, though, he said, it means he will do it again. He said, through your story, they will learn that it's doable. You can find Jesus, and you can find healing, and you can find freedom. But through your testimony, the word testimony means that he will do it again for them. Yeah, that's amazing. And so if we don't share, I think we're doing a disservice, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be about the Father's business. And I tell you what, it, it's hard when people tell you that you shouldn't be. And I mean, I actually got told that I was a, a gal's example of a Christian not to be. That's kind of like, you know, I've had a couple of those set me back. And you have to step back and look and you have to make sure you're not being that person for sure. But but uh, I think God can God can use anybody. I've said it time and time again, God can use anybody. If he can use me, he can use you. Okay. 
so it's interesting because God gave me revelation and I shared it with, with Lauren just a few minutes before that. And the biggest fear, and I've stood with Christy through this, it's example failed. That is the biggest fear when you won't share with somebody because, you know, being, knowing you at 14 and being this adult and having three daughters, that you want to be this example and you failed. So you're not going to share that because you don't want it repeated. And so that's the biggest fear that a lot of us go through. That's why we don't reach out to our sisters because we're like, I'm supposed to be this example. I'm supposed to be this and I can't. So it is that example fail that's our biggest failure. But unless we get back with the Lord and get with linked arms with each other, we're going to continue to fail, ladies. It's inevitable. We are not perfect. We are not yet Jesus. We are trying to be him, but we're not yet there. And so as soon as we can share that, then we don't set them up for failure. All we're doing is repeating this generation after generation after generation when we're that example failed in our minds. Instead of, instead of saying, hey, man, I am about to walk out the door. And your sisters link arm with you and say, don't walk out. Get on your knees. Pray for your husband. Pray for your kids. Let me take your girls because they're driving you crazy. Let me take them, and they won't like you, or they won't like me as much as they like you by the time I'm done. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we need to be doing as, as sisters to help each other through that, and we don't do it. It's too scary. It's just way too scary. So, you know, that's, it's interesting that it was example because it was written there for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, yeah. What? Get after God's work, dude. Yeah. So, do you want to go from there with what your plan was? Yeah, we have a plan. We have a plan. We have a plan, ladies. We have a plan. Uh, May not look like it, but we do. No. (laughs) uh, So, uh, in November, we are having, uh, it's the 19th. I don't have an envelope. I think it's the 19th. Does it say the 19th on there? It's a hot chocolate bar. Those of you who've been at a rise, you're welcome. Come yeah, back. she makes the best. So we're hot doing some hot chocolate and, and uh, uh, bring a cup to give to somebody you don't a mug. know. A, a mug. mug. It's a, a mug. mug exchange. A, okay, it says cup on the thing. Sorry, oh. I'm old. Well, it's right. going to be November, so we need yeah. mugs. Right. Yeah. So it's a who doesn't okay. need another mug? It's a mug exchange. <laughs> My husband was just telling so, me, why do we have so many mugs this morning? <laughs> Um, and then in January, Miss Lauren is going to lead a Bible, uh, February, February 1st, <laughs> February 1st, we're going to start a Bible study. It is a study on, uh, into the light. It's about women in the Bible that find healing, oddly enough. <laughs> it's a great Bible study and that will start February 1st. It's on Monday nights and it will go to March 15th and, uh, it's, an amazing it's an amazing study it has uh lauren pointed out this paragraph because she's uber efficient and i am not this paragraph in here and i think it just really spoke like it it speaks about discipleship is about relationship connection conversation prayer and powerful empathy but if we dismiss the hurt dismiss the hurting the broken the abused we cease to be disciple making church and instead we become citadels and of unreality and privilege. In short, we shrink the joyful responsibility it is to be a true disciple to everyday people. And I think that's what we're talking about, right? Lincoln arms and being sisters. 
And that's just one paragraph in the whole. <laughs> it's fantastic. So we'll have more information as we get closer to that and first sure. sign up and everything like that. So just be looking for that in the months to come. But we've got some really cool months planned out for the next few months too. But what are we doing Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was I'm sorry, I got all excited about the good stuff. I know. I'm going to torture you for just another minute, though. So after hearing Candace's story and seeing what happens on the other side, I don't know if you need some time to write some more things down on your card, because I know there's hurt that comes from that side, and there's... Uh, I was hurt when I knew how I hurt her. And that... I think um, causes a plethora of, of things in itself. So if you know of things like that or there's anything else you would like to write on your card, feel free to write them on your card. You also have an envelope in that envelope. Um, you can open that when you leave. Um, there is a cup in there that has been prayed over by a lady. And uh, there's one for you. And there's one for you to put in your mug. <laughs> for whoever you give your mug to. So bring that with you in yeah, November put, and put, put it in, in that mug. Put that in your mug. But the cards that you're writing on um, our uh, security team who are so fabulous for us, we're laying that down and we're burning that. And you're not picking that back up, whatever that looks like for you. But once that's turned to ash... You don't get it back. And we all know that we get beauty from ashes. So it's time to forgive. It's time to heal. It's time to walk in freedom. And it's time to link arms with your sisters. So take some time. Write that down. Whatever you want to do. We've got some ladies that are willing to pray for people. Um... If there's some things you need to walk through with somebody with the prayer team, oh, there's a couple of you here in there. I don't know. I don't know. Who. Okay, I don't know who. Uh, and I feel like I feel like that's uh, that's going to be beneficial for some of you. So feel free to utilize them. They'll be up here, and the fire will be going. So as you go out, you can. Where's the fire um, at? It's right back here. So okay. you're going to need to go out these doors to the back patio. And um, they have the fire going out there on your way out. You can burn your card. Don't take it with you. If I find out you take it, took it with you, I will tackle you. <laughs> I will. I'm not lying. I will tackle you. I burn that. We are burning our ships tonight. Burning them. We're not walking in that anymore. But feel free to come get prayer too. Could we close in prayer just not, like... Not me, man. That corporate prayer scares okay. the crap out of me. But first off, I just want to thank all of you for coming. And thank you for bringing friends that maybe hadn't been to this tonight. Hopefully we didn't scare you, I pray. <laughs> and I hope you come back because, um, I mean, right now is some crazy times. And I think that if we can have people to walk through that with coming together on a Thursday night, third Thursday of every month. Um, I think it definitely allows you to get through it successfully, or at least have somebody carry your rocks in your backpack or whatever that looks like. So please come back. I would love to have you guys uh, next month. And again, that's on the little date is on your, that envelope. So make sure you maybe stick that on your fridge and put it in your calendar and stuff. Okay. But, 
I'm going to pray. And then you ladies are for sure released and um, head out that way. But Father God, we just thank you so much for bringing your daughters together tonight, Lord. And I just pray before I say another word, God, I just pray that you just wrap your arms around each, each woman here tonight and that she would just feel and know that you call her daughter and that you um, place a crown on her head and that you pull her chin up and you look her directly into the eyes and you just let her know how much you love her and how you choose her and how you will chase after her continuously for the rest of her life, Father, and that you want her, God. And I just thank you for um, the sisterhood that you are weaving together within this this uh, this group, Father. But I just, I just pray that it doesn't stay here. I pray that it goes in the workplace. I pray that it goes into the schools. I pray that it goes across the, insta- the entire state of Colorado, Father. I pray that there is a, a group of women right up that revival starts with one but it burns across um, a whole sisterhood of women that are coming together and they're going to lift each other up but they're also going to go out and they're going to look through the the wild and they're going to find those those broken women and they're going to be the ones that maybe have been shunned by the church maybe they've they've um, been told hey you're not good enough you've done this in your past or you know you had broken parents you come from a broken home you had uh, teen pregnancy you had divorce you had um, prostitution you had had all of this brokenness in your past, you're not worthy. But Lord, we pray that these women will rise up and they will rise up with a boldness and they will go forth and they will bring those women into the fold of the kingdom and that they will know your kingdom, that they will feel your kingdom, Father. And we just pray that boldness and that fire to go forth from here, that it's it happens in the grocery line, that it happens in the school pickup, Father, that it happens at work, that it's all these little places. And I, I pray even that women would know that their influence goes to the tip of their fingers sometimes that it's the person right in front of them father that they need to minister to that they just got to smile at pull that mask down and just smile at them and let them know that jesus loves them father and i just thank you so much for that i thank you so much for christy and her testimony tonight god that she was bold and that she just got completely raw and she's all about living in the raw now to let us know that uh there's there's healing in Jesus and all you got to do is just uh, let it out and that freedom just comes into your heart Lord and I just thank you so much and if there's any women in here tonight that just need healing in their bodies that they need maybe healing in their hearts they've been hurt by other people or by the church or by you not by you God but by you know people that have your name on them Lord I pray in Jesus name that they find forgiveness and that they just find that that healing Lord and I pray for anyone that just does hold on to um, just something from their past, Father. I pray that they can write it on that card tonight and that they can just burn it up, Lord, and they actually feel physical release from that, God. And I just thank you so much. Go forth tonight, ladies, and just with the boldness that Jesus gives you. And just thank you, Lord. And we just worship and we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.